Welcome to the Recover You podcast with Kyleen and Patrick Terhune. It's here that we talk about sex addiction, betrayal trauma, mental, emotional, and physical health, faith, and anything and everything needed to recover you to your most authentic self that God created you to be. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Recover You. Hello, Patrick. Hello, Kyleen. You feel recovered? Are you recovered? Recovered? I believe so. I believe I'm well into recovery. (laughs) Good. We've had a great week. Yes, we have. I got my nails done today. Yep. And um, I used it as a metaphor on my social media, believe it or not. Okay. So I'm going to share that story here, even though it's uh, somewhat irrelevant to the topic today, which is navigating the holidays after betrayal. But what I was thinking of was, so I got my nails done in this sort of, um, it's it's a little purple, but it's kind of a brownish fall color. Mm-hmm. And normally I am very much in the happy, very bright pink, very like, I'm very limited in, and, and also usually I don't get a lot of manicures, but um, I have been recently. And normally in the past, I've always done something very similar, right? Very mm-hmm. limited. And um a couple weeks ago when I, or I don't know, a month ago or whenever, when I got another manicure done, I was like, I'm going to do this sparkly green. And I kind of hated it. Now, if it was like December, maybe I would have liked it, but I kind of hated it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I wasn't going to go get it redone. So I waited until my next appointment. And then I did a French manicure for uh, the, uh, the Mindshare conference where I have, you know, a, a fun gala and a dress and all this kind of stuff. And then, and then this was my last appointment today. And so I, again, tried something new. And so what, what I was thinking about with all of this, it's, it's a very, very, very silly example, but relevant to how we move through trauma and into recovery. And that is that sometimes um, it's like, it's just a really good example of like trying something that is very small and very safe to tell your brain that it is okay to try new things. Mm-hmm. Because the reality is that our brains really, really like patterns. They like consistency. It likes familiarity. And we've mentioned, I think, this sentence before on the podcast, but there's something I think incredibly relevant to betrayal. And that is the phrase that people will choose a familiar hell over an unfamiliar heaven. And that is because our brains really, really like consistency and familiarity, and they will choose consistency and familiarity over the discomfort of changing Mm -hmm. a lot. And so within recovery uh, from betrayal, particularly, I think it would also apply to addiction, but um, it's very, very, very important that we find safety, right? Like that is phase one. That is like the the primary concern for a betrayed partner is to establish safety in their environment and in their relationship so they can move through, right? And so that part is really, really important. But when um, there comes a point, once safety has been established, that it is important that we challenge ourselves to do something new that we begin to push ourselves out of our comfort zone because that's the really the only way to grow. And any type of growth, any growth at all is going to be uncomfortable. And so kind of accepting that fact mentally, right? But then but then recognizing um, that like I'm choosing to do this because I know where I want to go and this is a necessary step to get me there. And so when you're thinking about trauma in particular, and I'm, I'm bringing this back to uh, my manicure today, um, 
there, you know, there, the manicure sounds like a very silly example, right? Well, I chose a color that was outside of my comfort zone, right? But that does a couple things. It's a very, very, very safe way to practice that on a small level with my brain, which then tells my brain, hey, maybe you can do this in other ways, that it's okay to not always do the familiar. It's okay not always to choose the exact same color or, you know, even more silly. I had them shape my nails round, um, you know, mm-hmm. the, the last couple of times I've done it. Um, and that was like the first time I'd done that, you know, as opposed to like the other styles. And um, so it's a really, again, it sounds very silly, but it's a really small way to kind of tell your brain, like, it's really okay to try something different. and you choose, it's almost like exposure therapy. Mm-hmm. You're doing it in a really small way. Um, and really that does have, even though it seems minuscule in, in life, especially when you're going through things like trauma, these little things that you can practice day to day actually can help you psychologically accept that as you move through that you can do these on bigger levels. And then the other piece of that is kind of going back to that glittery green that I really didn't like is Sometimes we can choose something and we don't like it and we can sit in the discomfort Mm -hmm. and that too can be okay for a period of time. It might serve a purpose or it might prompt us to, to set a boundary or it might prompt us to make a different decision or whatever. And sometimes discomfort is totally okay because it's moving us towards our goal. And in that case, it really is okay to feel uncomfortable and and to wait it through because you know that it's moving you towards the discomfort is actually moving you towards the thing that you want. So that's a very, very deep analysis of a very uh, silly thing, getting, getting my nails done today. But I thought it was very applicable for betrayal recovery um, in, in the grander scheme of mm-hmm. things. Well, what's interesting as you're talking through that example, it reminds me in the book Atomic Habits, there's a, a, a concept called habit stacking. And so it, really the whole point to that is, you know, if you want to be, if you want to lose weight or if you want to, you know, engage in a different way or if you want to live more freely or whatever that is, you don't develop one thing and go there and then you just do that one thing you're there there's a series of habits that you put on top of them that you you know that you layer you know so for example if you're going to lose weight well maybe the the habit you develop first before you cut any of your food is you track your food right and so you get into that habit then the next habit you do is you maybe read labels on your things that's the next habit you know before you really start and it just takes a little bit of time as opposed to you know and there's nothing wrong with doing like a 30-day reset or whatever but the you know 30-day resets usually aren't habits after that you kind of go back to what you were doing Mm -hmm. so you're kind of talking about that is how learning how to live in a a different um mindset essentially you create Mm -hmm. these small victories well and specifically and i think we even mentioned this in the episode where we're talking about creating habits specifically ones that you can be successful with right Mm -hmm. like absolutely i know that i can sit through the discomfort of glittery green nails that look like Christmas in the middle of October because I have another nail appointment into it. It's like, it's not, right. and it's not a big deal. Yeah. Like it's not, it's not, it has no impact on my life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, um, you know, if, if I like, or I don't like the change or whatever, it's, it's not going to have a dramatic impact. And so doing something on a level where it's like, I know that I'm going to have success with this. So you can get the um, reward, you can get the outcome, you can get the impact of that, and you can start practicing it. You know, that that's really important for your subconscious, I think, on a lot of levels to mm-hmm. kind of push yourself yeah. past. Yeah. If you're feeling stuck in a rut, right, doing something uncomfortable, no matter how small, is going to start creating that new pathway right. that we want in the brain yeah. um, that moves you towards growth. Absolutely. So. Absolutely.
That's my uh, big spiritual innovation. Good job on your nails. Thanks. Thanks. I actually like the color. Okay. So um, actually, before we move on, I do want to mention another thing that kind of ties right into this because we're talking about changing the brain patterns and, and um, getting, uh, getting into recovery and, and um, trying new things. I also saw today on TikTok, I saw this video that was really cool. And the guy's like, I can, he started the the video with something like, I can tell you right now how to create new neural pathways in your brain. And the guy was like, okay, okay good. Show us. Right. He said, um, get up in the morning and whatever hand you brush your teeth with, brush your teeth with the other hand. So if you're right-handed, mm-hmm. brush it with your left hand. If you're left-handed, start brushing your teeth with your right hand. Mm-hmm. Then stand in front of the mirror and say, I love you 10 times out loud to yourself. And then take a bunch of deep breaths. And he took them in through his mouth. And I actually, I did have a little asterisk in my brain about this. And that was if if someone's nervous system because of trauma is so on edge that taking those really deep breaths through your mouth um, would be overstimulating and maybe even throw you into anxiety or panic, don't do that. Um, But the idea was flood your body with oxygen. So if taking really dramatic breaths through your mouth (gasps) like that is too Mm. much for you because it might Mm. trigger you. Yeah. You can still do it like breathing deeply through your nose, getting it into, you know, diaphragmatic breathing into your belly and that sort of thing. Um, I loved that idea. I thought that was such a great, because again, how small is that brushing your teeth with the other hand? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, and I've heard all sorts of things like that. Start driving home yeah, um, a different, different way. And, from work. and yeah. all of those sound small, but really they, they really add up long term to exercising your brain mm-hmm. um and making sure that it is like it's so um the plasticity and its ability to change is so amazing but we kind of have to prompt that in a lot of ways right. and so doing those things keeps it flexible essentially mm-hmm. so hot tips at the beginning of the episode today you know when when i was in germany it was kind of after the cold war but i guess during the cold war they always encouraged people to drive to work differently and it's a it's a completely unrelated thing but it was because people were watching you so if you took different patterns and oh, stuff like that interesting yeah. so yeah anyway i don't um, know how many people did it but it was something they encouraged you to do and i just for um credit because i don't know who these people are um the tiktok channel that i saw that on was evan carmichael i don't know anything other anything else about him so I, I don't associate with anything other than that video. I don't know what his page is all about or anything, but I thought that video was great. And I don't even know who the other guy is that, that's in it. But anyway. 10 times say, I love you. 10 <laughs> yeah, times. That. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the, it was, um, I don't even know which one was uh, Evan. So <laughs> I can't tell you. Sorry. Uh, okay. So today we're going to talk about navigating the holidays after betrayal. I thought this would be good because um, we're coming into uh, Halloween and Thanksgiving and Christmas. And New Year's. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and back when I was like a health and fitness coach, um, you know, that was the hot topic, right? Coming into October was like, okay, how are we going to navigate the holidays, right? Um, and this is it's so important. So I thought we could talk about how to navigate the ho- holidays with each other mm-hmm. as a couple, how to navigate the holidays with family, and how to navigate the holidays thinking about triggers. Uh, those are the three things I thought we could kind of chat about today. So let's maybe talk about how to navigate the holidays with each other first. Um, one of the first things that comes to mind when, we, when we're thinking about this is the first year is so crucial 
if you're moving towards reconciliation, because, um, and, and even if you're not, cause I, you know, some of you may still be in a phase that first year, we're kind of trying to figure things out, but, mm-hmm. um, the, the reason I think one of many reasons that the first year is so, I don't want to use the word volatile cause that sounds really dramatic, but, um, it's, it's not, it's a, it's a phase of stability, right? Like the first mm-hmm. year was like survival for us. Right. There, it was, there was not a lot of like fun, fun yeah, and right, relaxation. Right. Yep. And yeah, we were really focusing on recovery and sobriety and stability and creating safety and mm-hmm. And part of the reason that that's so hard is because one year is full of new stuff. It's the first anniversary. It's the first Thanksgiving. It's the first Christmas. Yeah. It's the first this. It's the first that, you know? Mm-hmm. And so holidays tend to be just in general with society and with human beings, uh, really heavy emotionally, I think. There's a lot of weight that is carried around the holidays. So people sometimes love them. People sometimes hate them. People sometimes love them, but then don't like spending time with certain family members and they feel obligated. Um, sometimes there's trauma associated with specific holidays. There's just so much that goes into it. So everybody's, I think everybody approaches holidays differently. But then when you're in betrayal and you're trying to navigate, like, what the heck is my life? What is real? What is not real? How do I relate to my partner? How do we relate to the rest of the world together? How do we, you know, it's just hard. And so we are talking about doing, um, moving through the world and moving through these, what would be, you know, important dates together as a couple. I think one of the biggest things is knowing what your boundaries are with each other and having safety plans in place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, you know, I think it's always um, important to have the right expectations going into holidays post betrayal. So that's on both sides, right? You know, you're, you're, if you, if you spent 10 years in wedded bliss and Christmas was the time where you would go to the mountaintop and go skiing and have a candlelight dinner together, you know, maybe don't try to force that. You know what I mean? So I think I think the holidays are are a very important time to to set. I don't want to say lower your expectations because that can seem negative, but set reasonable expectations about what's going to happen. So, for example, if you're spending almost every night talking about past behavior and comforting your spouse and doing all those things, don't just magically think that once you get to the holidays, that's going to stop. You know, you may still have to do that kind of repair. And the act of maybe even going through what were considered more joyous family activities, decorating the tree, um, going to a turkey trot or whatever that may be, just remember that there could that be on alert because that you could, um, you know, try to try just try to set the right expectation that just because you get to the holidays doesn't make everything go away and everything hard. There's still, you know, it's a three to five year process, right? Oh my gosh. That's so true. Yeah. Yeah. That's such a good point. Um, yeah. I mean, you could get triggered the day before you could get triggered the day of, um, that, that, that is really, yeah. Just, I I remember that. And this is an interesting thing and you may not remember this, but one of my favorite things, and I can't this year because my knee's not fully healed yet, but one of my favorite things in the whole world to do is go for a run on Christmas morning. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I remember um, shortly, you know, during that process of recovery, you were like, I don't want you to do that. Well, that we had, um, 
it was the morning thing, I think, right? right? Yeah, because of course. Yeah. I think yeah. that's why, because we yeah. had some boundaries set in place around activities in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. And actually, I think, actually, I think you volunteered not to. Yeah. I think the first year I did, I think I did the second year though. I yeah. think I actually did. did I think the first year you were like, Hey, I just want you yeah. to know I'm not right. going to go right. out of the house. But or that was, like that. you know, that's my point is yeah. like, Hey, you got to remember that what, things will be different. Right. Things will be different. And it doesn't mean that things can't go back to what they were, but be very patient, be very, you know, as the addict, the recovering addict, be very patient and understand that this could be a very emotional time as holidays generally tend to be anyway. Right. And well, and that actually, um, I think it's an important point that we bring up that it would be a higher likelihood for relapse during the holiday season. Yeah. So that could be because of point two that, that we're going to talk with about. family, with family. Yeah. 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 But, but just to, I think that's in either way. Yeah. I think it's important to just mention that so that if you know, if you haven't talked with a counselor or a group and nobody has said that to you, like we're saying that to you. Mm-hmm. So t- not to scare you, but just so that you can be more prepared, which is the whole point of this conversation, because um, it's really when you're prepared and have your tools and resources in place right. that you're successful. Right. And so if we just go into the holidays and we're shocked, right, then um, we're more likely to, to um, you know, get triggered yeah. or, you know, yeah. have all these experiences. I, you know, I, I think, I think at this, and I know you're going to talk about the betrayed side, but as you know, from the addict standpoint, being proactive is very, really important. So let's say you had an affair partner at an office party or something like that. You know, maybe this year you don't go to the office party, right. you know, and, and really think that stuff through. And, you know, there, you're, you're not, you know, you, and it's not all about think it through in the, in, it's not all just about your sobriety. Right. It's being proactive right. about, the feelings of your betrayed partner. Mm-hmm. And and mm-hmm. when I say proactive about that, if I can just take a second to talk directly to any addicts that are listening that are married or have partners, mm-hmm. um, you have no idea how important that is for the betrayed partner. I hear that so often that that is what, what the women are hoping for that they are missing that they are wanting their partner to do is to just take some proactive action that shows them that they are the priority and that they matter and that they are think that the addict is thinking proactively about what might trigger their wife yeah um and so if you can start to practice that mm-hmm. I you I just can't overstate the impact that that has on the mental and emotional safety yeah. of your partner and, and if I could expand upon that because I think this is really important um we all care uh, let me say this again in a healthy relationship there's mu- mutuality and you care for each other when when an addict is discovered whether it's the, the man or the woman the other partner has to mother or father that person through this and that puts that spouse in a role that they haven't had to do right or that they didn't expect um and so when you're in the process like you were in the process of mothering me through this addiction recovery because i needed that right i needed heavy intervention to get me going in the right path so you were mothering me right and whether you like that term or not you know parenting parenting yeah and so the point. What you mean is, by that is, I was telling you to get your shit together. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, but and holding your feet of to the course, fire, of course. But that's what we do to our children, right? Yeah. yeah. And so the point being is, is when the addict can start to take more proactive steps, it relieves the person of that mothering uh, mm-hmm. or that fathering that 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 needs to happen there. And so the, w- w- the point you make about being proactive 
it it it's no longer a a, a parental type relationship mm-hmm. there there is no more of a of, a, of an taking, of an imbalance in in you're you know, taking personal aspects. responsibility right. and you are actively thinking through how current and future situations may impact the emotions of your spouse mm-hmm. and their right. mental well-being absolutely. absolutely and that provides so much safety that's why i'm like i just i can't overstate like how yeah. how much safety that provides well, and, and when it's and, not there yeah and how, and how difficult that is for this and, and please don't do it to manipulate do it out of genuine proactivity Right. You know what yeah, I mean? Like, like, yeah, take it seriously. I mean, you I can really have made it this far in the podcast. I would, I think they're pretty, I hope. I would hope so. <laughs> but I felt like it needed to be said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah. So with between each other navigating holidays. So thinking through all of these things, I think it's really important to make sure together that your boundaries have been very clearly established. Right. Um, you know, whether that means um, specifically about the addiction itself, right? Being incredibly, incredibly clear about what that means. Um, you know, the betrayed partner might hear that relapse is more likely around the holidays, and um, maybe they haven't set a really clear boundary around. Okay, what do I do if relapse occurs? You know, and so that might be something to think through. Mm-hmm. Um, the addict will really want to have a safety plan in place. If he does get triggered, like what's your support team? Who is the group member that you're going to reach out to? Who is your therapist? Are you allowed to text them or email in an emergency situation? What does that look like? Who are your people? Mm -hmm. Um, So you have all of that set up. Um, Any other thoughts around um, boundaries and safety, safety plans with each other too. I think for example, let's say you're at a holiday party and one of you gets triggered, knowing exactly what the process is that you guys are going to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a code word? Um, do you pre-plan like, hey, you know, we're we're kind of getting in into number two here with family, but um, you know, hey, Aunt Susie um really is stressing me out. Um, I'm getting a little activated, you know. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go, right? Yeah. Um, so Whatever that looks like for you, anticipating on both sides, anticipating the situation, what are your emotional needs going to be? What are the potential pitfalls? Not that we can always know ahead of time because some things just happen, but even having a plan for that. If I get triggered and I don't know ahead of time that I'm going to get triggered, which is usually the case, then, um, you know, if I get triggered at this party, like, what are we going to do? Yeah. Right. Like. Are we just going to, are we going to go into another room and do we have some breathing techniques that we work each other through? Um, do we have some phrases that our, our coaches have given us that we kind of process through or you know, do we leave? Like, what does that look like yeah. for you? Yeah. Betrayal is one of the hardest things you will ever experience, but inside the recovery you support community, you're never alone on your journey to recovery and growth. Imagine a community where support is more than just a word. It's a shared commitment to lift each other up. Recover You is a safe place for understanding, empathy, and connection. If you're looking for a place to share your struggles and get encouraged, or to find resources that move your recovery forward, then the Recover You support community is for you. Inside the community, I host two classes per month with topics like how to create and communicate clear boundaries, learning how to navigate triggers, and how to process the heavy emotions that betrayal brings. The replays are saved and posted in the resource library, along with other videos available for you to watch at any time. 
Finally, at Recover You, you have the opportunity to connect with other women who share similar experiences to yours, women who understand, empathize, and love you just for being you. Join us at Recover You, where every voice is heard and every journey is respected because healing is done in community. Our monthly membership is just $25 a month. Join now for exclusive content and a community that's got your back every step of the way. Go to recoveryou.disciplemedia.com or click the link in the show notes. Make sure to use code PODVIP, that's P-O-D-V-I-P, for your first month free. Together, we recover, we grow, and we thrive. So number two is navigating holidays with family. And like you've mentioned, like this is where a lot of stress comes in often. Um, And I I would say for the betrayed partner too, this can be really hard because if if the family doesn't know 100% of what you're going through, you can be having a lot of emotions and thoughts and feelings around being with people that are praising your spouse or are being really nice to your spouse or being, you know, treating you guys like there's nothing wrong. And internally you're like, I don't even know if I'm going to get divorced next month. Like, you know, and and that's really, really hard. And I think something maybe we don't talk about enough. Yeah. Um, And so again, kind of going back to you guys can be each other's support through that. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are reconciling, if you're, if you're not on good terms, obviously maybe there are some other, maybe having your support system, right? Like your own yeah. support groups and your own counselors and coaches and, and things like that. Um, but hopefully, you know, if you're working towards reconciliation, you guys can pre-plan these situations to be a support through that. Um, and so kind of knowing who are your safe people, like what family members know, what don't, who yeah. don't, uh, yeah. which ones don't know, but then also like going into the holidays and knowing that you're going to be around family more, you're going to be exposed to different family members. Are there some family members that maybe you feel like you should tell, or you want to tell, or mm-hmm. maybe you have felt like you should, but now it's maybe the time yeah. so that they can be a support and and bring in that empathy for you through the holidays. So you have someone kind of on your team, knowing what you're going through, um, being able to offer that, that extra support yeah. and kindness to you right. during the tough times. Yeah. You know, we all carry our family of origin into our marriage, right? All of us. And, and, um, then you throw this, the hard thing of betrayal and addiction into there and all those old patterns come up. And then you throw the holidays at you and all the pain that comes from, uh, family of origin gets highlighted because now you're, you feel obligated to spend time with them, which you're not, by the way, just so everybody knows, you're not obligated to spend time with your families. That's, uh, one of the things that Patrick brought into our relationship is like, you don't have to spend time with people you don't want to. And my whole, I was like, wait, what? Yeah. Yeah. He comes into our, in, into this relationship. He's like, um, you shouldn't be friends with those people. They're not nice to you. And I'm like, what do you mean? Yeah. No, it's really important. And so like, you know, there, there, and, and here's the crazy thing. And we, we do this, we wear, I see families do this and, and we've done it too, where you wear yourself out on Christmas day. And Christmas Eve. And sometimes what you need as a family is you need to spend time with each other. 
on Christmas Day. And you need to take a nap on the couch together. And you need to do those kinds of things. And you need to tell your family, hey, I'm sorry, I'm not going to see you on Christmas Day. I'll see you the day after. I'll see you this coming weekend. I know that's very hard to do in certain family situations. But then you you get the drunk uncle or you get all these different things that are really triggering. And maybe in a few years time, you're okay. And you can go do those things again. And they're very safe and stuff like that. But during the holidays, you got to remember that that all and and here's the crazy thing is you're not the only one in that family that's going through it. So family patterns arise when families are together. So you take what could be a safe family member, let's say one on one, all of a sudden might become an unsafe family member in a larger family setting. And then you throw Christmas in there because that's where that's happening. And then you're triggered or you're hurt because you just got discovered or you're, you've, you've been betrayed. And all of those situations come together and it's like a powder keg of emotion. So it really is okay during the holidays to say, you know what? This year we've got something going on. We're going to take a break. Mm-hmm. And, and then you, there's yeah, it's all, like you can't, like you're, yeah, if you're on it's edge, too hard to the, navigate. the level of snark yeah. or the level right, of sarcasm right. that yep. you could yep. normally maybe navigate. Okay. Yeah. yeah if it's you, too overwhelming to or it hurts your feelings this time because you're dealing with someone. Yeah. I mean, you have the sibling that, that flirts with your spouse, right? In an, in a harmless way, but it always maybe bothered you a little bit. Then there's, then there's betrayal that comes out and it'll drive you crazy, right? You know, these are, you're you're so good at coming up with like real life examples. <laughs> where, where are these coming yeah, from? Yeah, but I mean, it's this is what happens in families. You know what I mean? And so, and you got to remember too that that everybody's stressed out. Everybody's stressed out at the holidays, and so it's just it's stress upon stress upon stress. It's compounded throughout a family. I'm really starting to feel like you think the holidays are stressful, Patrick. Well, they can be. <laughs> These are topics. What do uh, yeah. uh, well, I and need to know? I will say, I mean, I, you know, I, I do enjoy being kind of a homebody on the oh, holidays. Oh, sure, yeah. You know, I really do. I like, I like spending time with you. I'm excited that Keegan's going to come home for the holidays, and and we can sit there and maybe just do our own thing in the house, but it's very quiet. And I, and I love your family. I mean, I really do, and and I love my family and all that stuff. It's not really an indictment of them. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I'm saying is. The safe thing for for me in my eyes is spending time with us too. Mm-hmm. That is the safe thing for me, and I enjoy that. And there's always an opportunity to spend time with family. So I think I think you know, you've got to remember, and I think you're absolutely right. You've got to have a plan. If 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 and for those of you who have an Uncle Larry, and he's wonderful. I'm sorry, it's this example where, but if Uncle Larry is a little bit of a misogynist, right? Oh then, yeah. Then you've got to have a plan for that. If you're gonna go, and Uncle Larry's gonna be there, and Uncle Larry's a misogynist, then you've got to be ready for that. If people tell in, you know, if people, if you've if you've been you know around where people tell inappropriate jokes and things like that, and you've always just have kind of brushed it off, mm-hmm. it may trigger you now. It may mm-hmm. it may you know bring up something that really gets you gets you going. So think that stuff through yeah. a little bit because the, your road to recovery obviously is managing triggers and is managing living in the world, but it's also keeping you in a state of, or trying to find ways to keep you in a state of health mm-hmm. as you move forward. So be honest about what the family dynamic is. Be honest about what your it, stress levels right, with it. your stress levels are. Be honest about well, what do you really need from the holidays? You know, does does Grandma Evelyn really need to see you, or can you go see her the next day when it's just the two of you and you get a chance to talk? You know what I mean? Sometimes people do that. Evelyn is our niece's name, mm-hmm. so I'm uh, she's not a grandma. No, I just, but- yeah, I was rolling out names here, and they were all hypothetical. 
<laughs> so, I'm taking offense. Yeah, you should. Uh, no. So yeah, I mean, that all makes sense. I think if, if we could repeat one thing a couple of times, have a plan, have a plan, have a plan, have a plan. Right. right. And, and the idea there is have a plan for when you don't have a plan. Right. Yep. Because you may even like, even what you were talking about, the misogynistic relative or the comments or the jokes or things that may be, that may even be hard to think through ahead of time because if it hasn't bothered you before, you might not be thinking about it. And then you go into a situation and that happens and you're like, whoa, this used to be a safe space for me. Yeah. Right. And now it's not. Mm -hmm. And I feel super triggered. And I I wasn't planning on that because it never bothered me before, right? right? And so just be aware that like through recovery, there's there's so much that comes into your awareness that wasn't before. It's Mm -hmm. like when you buy the purple minivan, you see them all over the road. Well, you didn't see them before. You thought it was like this unique color that you bought, right? And then all of a sudden, that's how your brain works. Yeah. That's how your brain works. And so um, the holidays can be like that too. And just that first year, first year and a half, first two years even of going through recovery, um, a lot of things can come up that you weren't anticipating because they were never a problem before. Yeah, yeah. And so as much as you can think it through, but then having a safety plan for when, mm-hmm. when stuff comes up that you were not anticipating, yeah. I think that's going to be really important. And then this is a really hard one. Um, really, really hard. Um, but as important as it is that you guys have boundaries with each other, sometimes you might have to have boundaries with certain family members as well. Now, sometimes depending on the family member, that may be something where they are really safe and really want the best for you and are really willing to have these types of conversations with you. And so maybe it's something that you can talk to them about specifically. Mm-hmm. And then in other situations, a boundary might just be something that you put in place yourself because it's not a conversation that you can have with that person. Yeah. And so in that case, that may end up looking more like, you know, I'm, I am keeping them a little bit more at arm's distance, or I'm not spending as much time with them, or I'm not telling them details about my life, right. those sorts of things. Those are boundaries that you are absolutely willing or able to um, set totally reasonable. Mm -hmm. And even if it's somebody like, let's say it's somebody that you used to, you you know, over the holidays to say, Hey, how's it going? And you would update them on every little thing that's happened in your life over the past year. And at the same time, there's somebody that you don't feel safe sharing what's going on. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there may be some boundaries and some shifts in the relationship while you're going through this. And so just to kind of be aware of that and kind of think through yeah. who am I going to see? Um, what are the potential things that we can, that, that may happen. Mm-hmm. And then also just kind of looking back, like depending on how far you are into recovery at this point, what are the common or most frequent triggers or fears or insecurities that come up for you? Mm-hmm. Cause if you can look back and say, okay, this, this thing tends to bother me. Like when I'm in, public situations or in group situations or whatever, uh, then if that's a a frequent flyer for you, then it probably will come up over the holidays. And so that way you can be prepared. Um, But if you haven't really ever analyzed, like, what are my regular triggers? Mm -hmm. That might be a good thing to sit down and do before the holidays, because then you'll get an idea of what is the recurring theme for me. For me, my recurring theme had a lot to do with comparison and a lot to do with, um, uh, Oh, it just ran right out of my head. Um, compare, oh, and words, right? Those were the things yeah, that really yeah. stuck with me. 
But then like, if I was thinking that was with you, but then if I was thinking in like a public situation, one of my biggest triggers for a while was just how people would praise you. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, just everybody loves you, which I do too. And you're an amazing person, but you're an amazing person. Thank you. But in the background, you know, when I'm really, I had a week where I was massively triggered, I found more discoveries and all this kind of stuff. And then I don't want to hear people compliment. And then I come somewhere and somebody's like, your husband is just so amazing. He's so wonderful. And you're da, 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 you know, I'm just like, (sighs) you know, it just, it really hurts your feelings because obviously they don't know. But so just as an example, thinking through those things and sitting down and being like, what really grinds my gears or what gets me activated or what, what, you know, triggers my nervous system, or at least what has this so far Mm -hmm. may give you an idea of what can potentially come up when you're in situations with more people that more stuff can happen. Yeah. Yeah. And, And just like, I feel like we should mention this too. Maybe it's common. Maybe it's not. You had mentioned like inappropriate jokes and stuff like that, but like there may be people in your life that like drop things like talking about pornography. Like as a joke right. or like as right. if it's common or as if it's not dangerous and um and and unhealthy and everything, like as if it's totally normal. Just sit and think like if that's ever happened, because it might be massively triggering at this yeah. point if something is said. Well, and here's the thing. I you know, also, you know, through this, I think what you're not going to think everything through because it's next yeah. to impossible because, you know, military planners do that and they don't plan for everything. I mean, it's just so planning ahead is a really hard activity and it's something that not a lot of people do, right? So it's not an activity you're used to, but just take a little bit of time to think through it. And then if you could think about it this way, you're you're during this early phase of recovery and sobriety and relationship recovery, that activity becomes the most important activity in your life, right? Mm. So recovering individually. And then if you both are on board with this, recovering the relationship, there's nothing in, you know, being there for your children, of course, if, if, you, if there's children involved, really, there's nothing more important than those three things. So it, that's why I'm saying when you look at, at your at your current situation with those three things as the top priority, then what is does a christmas outing with the drunk uncle does it does it and it might it might be that you guys talk about it you say you know he's so fun mm-hmm. and he loves our kids and I'm gonna they put my love little him. energetic barrier right? and it's going to be so it's not and it might make me, me laugh and yeah. it will be okay mm-hmm. right you know but my point is is really you know it's it's there will be more Christmases. There will be other times, but your relationship is a day recovery is a day by day by minute by minute thing. And you're, you're either making credits um, or crediting credits into that account, or you're taking, you know, debits out of that account. And what do you want to be doing it at those moments? Deposits so, or credits? Yeah, depo- yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Some, some sort of banking thing. So you're either putting positive things in or, or negative things are coming out. So you want to do that you know, as consistently as you can, understanding there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be the natural, you know, uh, deposits and credits that are, that are going to happen. I should probably stop using that analogy. I hope everybody understands what I'm saying. There's going to be a nat- natural part of that, but, but you know, really think the holidays through the, under the lens of what is the most important thing. And, you know, to be honest, if you go, my relationship is not that important. Okay. Well then you've, you've discovered something, mm-hmm. right? You know what I mean? Then 
All right. Whatever. Or, you know, maybe you're so early on hmm. that you're not really sure and you don't want to be around each other, but you want to be around your mom. And yeah. your dad. Go spend time with your mom and your dad. Right. And yeah. maybe and so maybe that's like a different situation right. that works for you right now. Maybe yeah. this is like month one for you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you're like, you know what? I the holidays are important to me, but being around you right now is just I, I am constantly thinking about it. I need some space. So I'm gonna spend a week with my mom. Or I'm gonna, you know, right. we spend the holidays apart this year, or um maybe we just spend the day apart and then the rest of the time is recovery work, like whatever, yeah. you know. And so we're just throwing out examples here, but that mm-hmm. doesn't mean those are the only ones. And um there's so so many different ways to make this work. And our goal is to help you think through what's healthy for you. Yeah. yeah. And I and I think what you said was so important, and that is it is the number one priority. Mm-hmm. And I want to be careful how I say this, but have it placing it as the number one priority when both people place it as the number one priority, that's when you see people really make it through mm. and not just surviving through it, but actually getting through to a place of true health on the other side. Right. And I think that's a really important thing like it has to be taken incredibly seriously yeah when when you and you've said this when you view it like cancer if you were to tackle it like you with the vigor of cancer mm-hmm. um the way people fight cancer you know as well as they should um but if you attack it with that same gusto you know you can really come through it and mm-hmm. and you know weather these ups and downs and these triggers and things like that but prioritize it yeah so um the third point at navigating the holidays, we talked about navigating them with each other, navigating them with family, and navigating them with triggers. Now, we just blended a lot of that into the mm-hmm. point that we just had. But I think specifically around navigating it with triggers is if you already are really aware of kind of um, what activates you, what's going to be difficult, what your stress level is, and you know all of that, work with your coach, your counselor, your therapist, your support group to have like a safety plan or a, a trigger response plan. Mm-hmm. Um, and so a lot of that may be um, simple things like chest tapping, like deep breathing, um, like little reminders that you can have um, to remind yourself that you're currently in a place that is safe, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but create something that works for you if your nervous system is activated and you get into fight or flight, that you have a process Mm-hmm. That and and maybe if you're in a good place with your spouse, they can help you through that. So maybe, like I mentioned earlier, maybe something happens that you weren't anticipating. You guys go into a separate room. He walks you through. He's like, "Hey, like he has the list on his phone. He's like, let me grab some ice for you and put it in your hands to calm your calm your nervous system. Why don't you start tapping your chest? Let's do some box breathing together. That sort of thing, right? Because because you may know all of the tools and techniques, and sometimes when you're activated, it's hard to remember them and pull them out because you're so um, hyper focused on mm-hmm. the panic, right, or yeah. the anxiety. Yeah. And so, um, I think coming up with that, you know, trigger response plan and safety plan for yourself can be really helpful. Mm-hmm. And the same thing for the addict, right? Know what your triggers are ahead of time, if at all possible. Work with your counselor on that. Um, and then know exactly what your system is. And and between each other, you know, having having that communication as well. But specifically, like, who are you going to reach out to? What does that look like? Are they aware of that? Like, make sure that they yeah. know, like, hey, like, I'm here for you to text me or call me if something happens, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah, I would say on the on the attic side, and you know, if you're, this goes for both, whether you're you're or the first point is for the for the for the addict that's in a relationship, is know your three circles: your green, yellow, and red activities, and that changes over time. But the red activities, you know, non negotiable, yeah, the non negotiables, yellows are guardrail things that you're kind of so really understand your guardrails and the green activities. When you're in the clear, um, 
And then on top of that, you got to, like you were saying, you got to help manage your, your partner's triggers. What, what does that look like? And we've talked about this before. You know, you maintain eye contact. You don't bow your head in shame. You step in and say, what do you need me to do right now? You know, and that could mean that they don't want to see you. Or it could mean, please hold me close, you know. Or just like, I'm here for you. Right, right. Um, Yeah, yeah, I'm going to sit here with you while you, you know, how can I help you? Mm -hmm. Right. sorts of things. And then the, you know, and this goes if you're single or not, is know what your plan is if you're you're triggered. Are you going to reach out to men in the groups that you're in? Are you going to reach out to your therapist, like you had said before? Is there a a time that they they can text? Are you going to go have, you know, go have have dinner with a a friend or something like that Mm -hmm. to kind of get you out of that? It's like you said dinner with a friend. I'm just thinking like the way my brain works, um, sometimes it is that like interaction with other people or getting out into the real world mm-hmm. because sometimes your mind is like the scariest place to be. Yeah. And being rem- being brought back down into the physical world and being around people, um, safe people can really help ground you and remind you that, okay, I am safe. Like I am in control. Everything is really okay. And so that can be really helpful too. Yeah. And if you think about it, once again, through this whole topic, you never really recover unless you're daily aware. And that's not my words. That's the words of, of, of uh, Ted Roberts. And so it, Th- you know, really being aware through the holidays, mm-hmm. you know, and, and all the planning that we talk about and all the thinking through and all that stuff, you, you, you're not going to think it all through. You may walk in, you got to have that, that forgiveness of yourself or that understanding and grace of yourself to be like, mm-hmm. that was a triggering moment. Let's, let's adjust or yeah. whatever. And that's okay. I mean, it really is okay because there's no way you can think through every oh gosh, eventuality no. that, 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 there's that can happen. There's so much that happened. Even, even, I mean, just the whole time. I mean, there's so much that yeah. you just can't anticipate like the whole recovery process. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm sitting here thinking back on some of the things that kind of came up and I remember thinking, are you kidding me? Yeah. Like, like that, that would happen. happen. I'd, I'd be like, of all people to say that to me, mm-hmm. really? Like, and you know, my story, you know what I mean? Like it was a joke or something like that. And okay. I was like, and, and I remember like, I didn't know how to process it at the moment when it happened. Mm. You know, I remember an awkward smile or whatever, like, I, cause I just didn't know what to do. I couldn't believe it was happening. <laughs> I, yeah. I think I remember what you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Wait a second. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So. Yeah. It just, things come out. It's weird how things, yeah. You just, mm-hmm. you won't always know. So having, right. you know, how can you support each other through it or how can you support yourself through it or, who can you reach out to? Right. And right. those are going to be really, really important. So all of that being said, I hope that was really, really helpful. Um, I want to make sure that we also, before we wrap up, talk about the idea of bringing joy into recovery and bringing joy into the holidays. Because all of these things, no matter what happens the first year, whether you have your first anniversary after discovery or you hit the one-year mark and it's the D-Day anniversary or Christmas was your favorite holiday and now you're just um, really struggling with anxiety or depression, all of these are days and activities and things that can be reclaimed through recovery. And um, if you're in your second year, if you're in your third year, these are things that, that can be intentionally um, brought back into health and, and into joy and into happiness and into freedom for you. And if you are in that first year, you're navigating, maybe even thinking through, you know, how can I, like, what are the activities that will bring me joy? And maybe it's, you know, baking some muffins with your best friend, Mm -hmm. um, or spending some time with your kids, um, you know, making a snowman, like what are the activities 
that you can connect with outside of recovery activities um, that will help you to um, enjoy the specific holiday or enjoy the season and participate maybe outside of some of these bigger things that might be triggering. Uh, or if it's triggering with your partner, maybe there's an activity that you can do with your friends or mm-hmm. your mom or your your kids or whatever. Um, but, but giving yourself space and grace through the healing process to take the time and to get some rest and to um, spend time doing some things that are joyful through this, even though we know that it's going to be tough in some ways, mm-hmm. um, but to give yourself that time and, and allow yourself to have some fun too. That's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So that is what we have for you on navigating the holidays after betrayal or navigating the holidays through recovery, whatever we ended up calling this. I hope it's helpful. We talked about the addict. We talked about the betrayed partner. Um, We really just want to encourage you that no matter where you are in your journey, um, it can continue to get better and better and better every single day. And like, like Patrick was talking about, it really truly is one step at a time. It's becoming aware. It's becoming proactive and it is moving one foot in front of the other every single day thank you so much for listening if you found this podcast interesting or helpful it would mean so much if you leave a five-star review or post a screenshot and share on social media we are on a mission to share the message of recovery and you can help get the word out if you know a friend who could use this podcast please share it